Well, hello again, my friends. It is Tuesday afternoon at 3 p.m. Central Time, which means that Bill's Facebook Live study is up and going. Thankfully, we don't have any technical problems right now. Appreciate my good friend Terry coming in and helping Bill out, and that is a constant job, by the way. Uh, but uh, got everything working right now, and hopefully you'll be able to join us either watching it live uh, over this next uh, few minutes or uh, watching it uh, uh, after this broadcast. You can watch it on my Facebook page a little bit later. It won't be live, and that'll be a-okay. You can watch it on our West Irwin Church of Christ uh, Facebook page. Uh, after, I, after this is over, I, I post it there as well. And uh, then it's also posted on our on our uh, website on our westerwin.com page. That is West Irwin Irwin spelled with an e e r w i n. It's the street that our church is on, West Irwin Church of Christ in Tyler. Um, and on that westerwin.com face uh, uh, website, you can see our um, our our social media and other resources. Scroll over that, then click down to live streaming page and then scroll down a little bit and go on the video archive click on that and you can find all of those um, and it's nice to see my cousin gail it's great to see you i just uh, love seeing your name pop up and uh, you and keith are just so such wonderful great encouragers to me and supporters of me and i appreciate it so so very much um, this uh, psalm study is um, uh, going to be a great one i think for the remainder of this fall we're going to take our time as we go through it. Uh, each week we're going to take a look at several different psalms, and today we're going to be specifically looking at types of psalms as we finish out uh, the introductory comments uh, throughout this. I'm planning on the sessions going about 15 minutes or so, maybe uh, so far uh, closer to 30, uh, but uh, I can tell you that my goal is to be about 15 minutes so that we can have a little bit of time of devotion and look at a few psalms and then go on our merry way be receiving the encouragement uh, of God's word. Um, a little bit of a review about our Psalms uh, study. And uh, we have, uh, we've looked at a few things about the Psalms. Uh, the Psalms is a book of, uh, of prayer. It's a book of song uh, that uh, the Old Testament Jews had in their worship of God, uh, certainly familiar with the uh, New Testament church, uh, especially during the early days when it was primarily Jewish. Uh, we saw a lot of that. Uh, there are 150 of the Psalms, and uh, the shortest chapter, just a few verses, is Psalm 117, and the longest one, of course, Psalm 119, uh, whose focus and, uh, and topic is the Word of God. We talked a little bit last week about the headings in the Psalms, and I just kind of a quick reminder, some of the Psalms will have a sentence or two about the heading. May, perhaps it may be how it was used in the worship, some kind of musical terminology that's used there, or it may set a little bit of the context for the Psalm, as we'll see today is in Psalm 51, being one of those um, Psalms that is a penitential Psalm and uh, uh, is described in the heading as uh, a psalm that was written by King David after he had been confronted uh, by the prophet Nathan about his sin uh, with Bathsheba and that involved uh, adultery and also murder, the death of uh, Uriah, her husband, in battle as ordered by King David. Uh, that's a very, very sad, sad story. 
Uh, we spoke a little bit about some of those medical terms, such as Selah and others that are not to be read out loud. They meant something to the Jews in their worship. We're not sure exactly what, but they did. And so that's, uh, that's something that's there that helps us, but is also something that doesn't need to be read if you're publicly reading uh, the scripture uh, or even reading it in your devotion time. Uh, sometimes the 23rd Psalm is one that we like to recite aloud even if we're by ourselves. And, uh, and so um, I caution you on using those uh, medical, um, uh, musical terms out loud. Uh, several authors represented in the Psalms, of course, primarily King David uh, wrote over half of them. Uh, Asaph, as we said, was a Levite and a contemporary of King David and wrote some of the Psalms as well, as well as um, uh, others that, we're, uh, uh, that we mentioned uh, last time. Even Solomon and Moses are credited with a few of the Psalms. Um, and so that's an interesting thing that we'll see as we go along. We noticed a psalm from Solomon, one of the royal psalms, Solomon being the king, and uh, also that great psalm, Psalm 90, from uh, Moses, from everlasting to everlasting thou art God. What an incredible statement and psalm that is. We mentioned last week before we closed that Psalms is a book of poetry, and I, I think it's important for us to recognize that and remember that. It is a book of poetry, which means that it's not read uh, and studied in the same sense that other genres of scripture are. Uh, all scripture is inspired by God, but it, it's also written by humans. And the men that wrote these Psalms, uh, they, they wrote them uh, from a perspective of, of a songwriter and a prayer writer. Uh, so they're poetry. Uh, they're not to be read in the same way that um, the book of Revelation might be read, a apocalyptic literature, or the Gospel of Luke might be read, or the narrative found in the book of Acts, uh, or the law uh, in Leviticus. Um, it's a different kind of writing, the narrative that you might read in First and Second Kings. Uh, those kinds of the, uh, books are important. The prophets, of course, uh, are a different kind of literature. So when you read the Psalms, uh, you you recognize that and you read it uh, as you would uh, a, a book of poems or uh, looking at uh, a great song that someone has written. And I think it's important for us to be able to uh, acknowledge uh, that. And we talked about some things like parallelism where the writer might repeat something, some refrains that are used, um, and uh, different ways of contrasting things. Sometimes the author will contrast one uh, subject by uh, comparing it with the opposite. And we read that uh, as well and had an example or two of that. Uh, Psalms is considered wisdom in devotional literature, such as the book of Ecclesiastes, uh, wisdom literature, Proverbs, wisdom literature, the book of Job. Um, and, uh, and so I want us to, uh, the songs, uh, Song of Solomon, another uh, part of the wisdom and devotional literature of the Old Testament. Psalms is different from Proverbs. Uh, Proverbs is wisdom literature, and a lot of times in the Proverbs you have one verse for a whole context. You, you, don't, you go from one verse to another and it's a completely different subject. That's not true in the Psalms. Most of the Psalms, uh, you'll find them, are, each chapter is its own particular entity. Uh, some chapters in the, uh, our English translations, some of the original Psalms were uh, combined, so you might have uh, one after the other in two chapters that were actually originally one psalm. 
And so we'll, uh, we'll kind of make a note of that as we go through uh, some of those, and I think are good to be read together. Those acrostic psalms where it's the alphabet, you know, kind of like R, A through Z. Uh, each uh, verse or each paragraph has a specific uh, topic, and they're divided up uh, by the letters of the Hebrew alphabet. Uh, the longest psalm, Psalm 119, is certainly that way. So with all of that in mind, I think we can look at uh, some different types of songs. I've said hello to my cousin Gail. It's good to see my friend Debbie. Glad I got to run into you at Walmart the other day. Nice to see you and your grandson. Of course, Cindy and Eric Mosley, um, wonderful to see you all. Uh, and uh, what a blessing you are to us, to Joyce and me. Jamie Nelson, my, my dear friend from Lackland Terrace days. Jamie, I hope you got to listen and watch my, um, my post uh, from yesterday. If you, uh, any of you have not seen that, then I hope you'll scroll down after this is over and, uh, and take a look at that. It's just some thoughts that I shared on the 46th anniversary of my mother's passing. She died on September 14th, 1974. And so I mentioned a lot of my, our dear church family, as Jamie knows, uh, I think she com you commented on that, uh, from our Lackland Terrace Church of Christ days in San Antonio back uh, in the 70s. It was a wonderful, amazing, incredible church family that meant so much to me and continues to mean uh, so much to me. Uh, my dear friend and sister Joe Morris, former uh, co-worker, great to see you on here. Uh, Larry and Lynn, nice to see you all. And of course, Lenny and Joe, uh, uh, so basically part of our family. Uh, wonderful to see you. I'll call you my big sister and brother and not my parents. How about that? That's probably fair, probably fair. So let's talk about the Psalms for just a few minutes. And, uh, and specifically today, I want us to talk about the types of Psalms because they're, as you read uh, different Psalms, there are different types. And I think one of the things that we can appreciate is if you consider it a, um, a, a song book, it's not just a song book, it's a, it's a book of prayer as well. <clears throat> one of the things that we'll say, quoting from um, Eugene Peterson and Lynn Anderson, is that uh, you know uh, we we read scripture to hear God's word to us, but in some ways we uh, read and pray and recite and sing the Psalms because those are our words back to God. Uh, and I think that as you read through the Psalms, I think that you'll find that one of the great things about the Psalms is that the psalmists are very honest. I've entitled a series in the past. Uh, honest uh, worshipers, honest worship from uh, honest worshipers, and I think the Psalms are incredible about that. They are they are written from people who are going through all the things that we go through in our lives as well, and they shared about them. They they did what songwriters do, what uh, poetry writers do. They they wrote and they expressed those feelings and those experiences. You read a lot into the heart of David by reading uh, the Psalms that he wrote. Uh, hearing him uh, describe when he was running from King Saul, uh, hearing him, as we'll see today, uh, pouring out his broken heart to God because of his sin. Uh, those, are, those are important things. And so as we read through these, um, these psalms, you, you want to kind of uh, take a, a, a lesson as to what kind of psalm am I, am I reading? And how do you know that, Bill? How do you know what type of psalm it is? Well, I, I think you know that based on the same way you know the context of the psalm, and that's by reading it. Uh, one of the things that's really helpful to me in studying the book of Psalms is realizing that 
each of those chapters is basically its own context. And knowing what context it is, again, the headings help us some, but remember the headings are not inspired. We don't consider them inspired scripture, probably accurate. Uh, but I think a better test of what kind of psalm this is and what the context is, is just the content itself. You read the psalm and you read it and you decide, well, what, what is this saying? What, what is the psalmist going through? What is the psalmist experiencing and what, what are his prayers uh, to God as he writes these words? What, what are his fears? Uh, what is he thanking God for? What is he calling God out for? Because the psalmists do that when God doesn't act the way they think God should act. Um, they do what songwriters and poetry writers do. They write about it and they express that uh, to God. One of the great things about preaching, about um, songwriting or uh, poetry or anything like that is that it's an expression. Uh, I'm always conscious as a preacher of the, the congregation, the ones who are hearing, because this is not about me, this is about us together as worshipers. Worship leaders need to remember that, whether you're a song leader or a prayer leader, scripture reader, communion meditation person, preacher, uh, announcement giver, whatever it might be, I think it's important for us as worship leaders to remember this is, this is not about us. If this were about us, then we could just do this at home by ourselves, and we could do it exactly like we wanted, whatever way encourages us. But 1 Corinthians 14 tells us that the assembly of the worshiping church is meant, the worship assembly is meant to be a, a time of encouragement. Uh, yeah, our focus is upon God, but I've come to believe, and others have written about this, such as Bill Humble uh, from Abilene Christian and others, I think the purpose of the worship assembly is to encourage one another. And so as we share these words, we want to share them in, in a way that will be an encouragement to everyone that's there and not just me. And that's why it's important for us to remember that uh, personal preference is put aside when you gather with the church to worship. Uh, if you want just your way every time, then do that at home. You know, don't try to, try to uh, put others through what you like every time. And there's a, there's a sense where um, we're called upon to have that mind of Christ, that attitude of Jesus Christ, as we saw in our Sunday afternoon study of the book of Philippians in chapter 2, where he emptied himself. He took upon himself the form of a servant and endured death for the sake of others. And that's, again, as we said Sunday, that's the illustration. That's, that's the example of what Paul's teaching was in Philippians 2, which is to live, in, uh, live unselfishly, live uh, a selfless, considerate life that respects and considers others uh, in a bigger way than yourself. Okay, so with all of that, uh, too much introduction, I know. So we'll take a few extra minutes here. I'm not going to finish at 3.15, as you know, uh, but you know me anyway, so that's all right. Uh, so let's take a look at some of the kinds of psalms, the types of psalms, such as praise and psalms of ascent, thanksgiving, royal psalms about the king or the leader, messianic psalms that talk about the Messiah, the anointed one that was to come, psalms of lament, penitential psalms, as we said. Um, and I want us to begin with psalms of ascent. Uh, there's a section there towards the end of scripture that uh, are psalms of ascent. I believe Psalm 120 through Psalm 137 are usually designated as psalms of ascent. And those those are songs that they really sang as they were on their way to church. They sang them as they were on their way uh, to worship. They were songs for the road, some have said. 
Uh, I think Eugene Peterson has written a great book about the Psalms uh, of Ascent. And I think it's important for us to, uh, to, again, set the context for those and to recognize that that's what that is. Perhaps one of the ones that makes that as clear as any of them is uh, Psalm 122. Uh, Psalm 122, you know verse 1. Um, it starts out this way, I rejoiced with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. What a great thought. And it fits perfectly with the Psalm of Ascent. We're all going to church. We're all going to the temple to worship uh, for the Jews. We're going uh, to meet our brothers and sisters and to share praise to our God. Um, I rejoiced with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Psalm 122, our feet are standing in your gates, Jerusalem. Jerusalem is built like a city that is closely compacted together. That is where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, to praise the name of the Lord according to the statute given to Israel. There stand the thrones for judgment, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May those who love you be secure. May there be peace within your walls and security within your citadels. For the sake of my family and friends, I will say, peace be with you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your prosperity. What a great psalm that is for us to consider today. Uh, on a day when we see uh, a, a wonderful peace treaty, an agreement signed between the nation of Israel today and some of their Arab neighbors. What a, what a great blessing that is. And we pray that we do pray for the peace of Jerusalem, just like we pray for the peace of every town. Not because Jerusalem is special uh, as a special place of worship today, like it was in King David's day, or like it was in the days of the psalmist in Psalm 122, that is attributed to David, according to the heading. Um, but because it's a place where human beings created in the image of God live. And it's a place that's special to us because of our shared history. Uh, but we pray for the peace of every place, and we want uh, God's word to be able to have a chance to be spread. This is why Paul tells Timothy in 1 Timothy 2 to pray uh, for our uh, civil authorities, that there may be peace so that the gospel can be spread. As we saw in the first few decades of the church reading through the book of Acts, even in a time of intense persecution, uh, the gospel was still spread. Um, so Psalm 122, an example of a psalm of ascent. Uh, we turn back to Psalm 51. I think the best example of a penitential psalm, a psalm of penitence, is, uh, is Psalm 51. Another one is Psalm 32. Psalm 32 and Psalm 51, both written by King David. Psalm 32, seemingly written afterwards, that one seems to be written at a time when David had repented, he had prayed, and he had felt the forgiveness of the Lord. And so he, he praises God for that, and he, he shares about that. Psalm 51 is on the other end of that. Uh, the heading says, a psalm of David when the prophet Nathan came to him after David had committed adultery with Bathsheba. And again, not something that's inspired in the heading, but when you read the content of the psalm, you realize that that fits the context perfectly. And so a penitential psalm begins in Psalm 51. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you and you only have I sinned and done what is evil 
in your sight. And so he continues in verse 7, cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Verse 10, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do you remember that great old song, create in me a clean heart, O God? Uh, lots of songs that have been written about that thought. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Verse 11, um, Psalm 51 is one of those great psalms. If you're if you're feeling overwhelmed with your sinfulness and you want to pour your heart out to God for forgiveness, a penitential psalm is a great place to start. Of course, you want to pray specifically about your own situation, but pray the psalms. Pray, pray Psalm 51 uh, and, and follow David's lead. Um, towards the end of Scripture is a psalm of lament. Uh, this is Psalm 137. It's another one of those psalms of ascent. Um, and it describes uh, a different scenario than Psalm 122. Psalm 122 probably written pretty early. This psalm all obviously written um, at a time when um, uh, the people of God were in exile. The northern kingdom of Israel taken into exile in 721, 722 BC. The southern kingdom of Judah and Jerusalem and Solomon's grand temple destroyed. Uh, in the early part of the 6th century BC, ultimately in 586 BC, and much of the population carried off to Babylon uh, in exile. And you hear the heart of lament. Uh, Lamentations is a great book. Uh, it's written by Jeremiah uh, during that time when the, the, the Babylonians overtook Jerusalem, breached the walls, and uh, went in and shared about, uh, uh, took over the temple. And, um, and carried off so much of, of the population into captivity. So this psalm, Psalm 137, by the rivers of Babylon we sat and wept when we remembered Zion. There on the poplars we hung our harps, for there our captors asked us for songs. Our tormentors demanded songs of joy. They said, sing us one of the songs of Zion. It's like we're in a foreign land. Our nation has been destroyed. And they come to us and they sing. They say, sing one of those great happy peppy songs that you love to sing uh, so much about, about heaven or about your homeland. Um, and listen to their response in verse 4 of Psalm 137. How can we sing the songs of the Lord while in a foreign land? It's a psalm of lament. If I forget you, Jerusalem, may my right hand forget its skill. May my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth if I do not remember you, if I do not consider Jerusalem my highest joy. And then as the verses go on, the psalmist expresses his uh, great uh, hurt over those uh, who gloried and took great joy in the destruction of Jerusalem. That's a psalm of lament. Uh, a royal psalm, an example of a royal psalm, is seen in Psalm 2, uh, the second psalm um, that is um, uh, attributed to a time, as best we can tell from the context content, that uh, the king was recently in power. Uh, psalm 2, why do the nations conspire and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their chains and throw off their shackles. The one enthroned in heaven laughs. 
The Lord scoffs at them. He rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath, saying, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. I will proclaim the Lord's decree. He said to, uh, he said to me, you are my son. Today I have become your father. Ask me and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. You will break them with a rod of iron. You will dash them to pieces like pottery. And so it's, according to the context, it seems like a king has been recently established on the throne. And when that happened in uh, uh, olden uh, times, just as even in today, a new ruler is tested. And, and so they plotted against this new king. But the king took pride and took a great peace in knowing that, um, that he was uh, doing well. And it looks like I have lost... Uh, my video feed. I'm not sure that that is the case. Uh, so I'm going to try to keep uh, talking. If there's somebody that is listening, then I hope that you're able to uh, uh, share uh, that um, that you can't see me or that you can see me. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll see if we can finish up here. Um, it may just be an audio portion here now. Um, but uh, we're trying to see if I have a, uh, an issue that I can take care of, and I'm not sure that I do. So let's see if we can uh, try something here. Um, okay, let's not do that. Um, well, it looks like that's going to be the end of this video. So the technical problems still are, 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 are here, and hopefully we'll be able to get those uh, adjusted. A couple of other kinds of psalms that we'll maybe start with next time. Psalms of thanksgiving, such as the 23rd Psalm. Psalms of praise, such as the 8th Psalm and the 148th Psalm. And, of course, uh, psalms of thanksgiving, such as the wonderful 23rd Psalm. Um, if we are having technical problems, I apologize for that, and, uh, and if this ended abruptly, then I hope that you'll forgive me, and we'll try to get everything ready to go and work in good working order on Thursday. Looking forward to our study together, and I pray God's wonderful blessings on you as we go through the Psalms together.